coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning Parareality Radio. My name's Sandman, and I am going to be your host this evening. Thanks for those of you who may actually be listening in tonight. Uh, this is a special episode of uh, Parareality Radio, a live episode. It's not going to be an hour long. It may be about 30 minutes or so. Um, anyway, it's Friday, September the 27th, 2019, and it is not the usual date and airtime for the show. However, I do have some special stuff that I wanted to talk about tonight. So, you know, a live podcast isn't something that I, you know, well, it's, it's not something that I do. It's something that I rarely do these days, but I really miss doing it. So I'm kind of using this tonight as a way to sort of ease back in to doing regular live episodes. And I know that right now nobody is listening at the moment, but that's okay. This is this is practice, right? This was kind of a uh, last-minute decision. I've been sitting on this information, and I thought about trying to make it a whole entire hours-long episode, but I just couldn't figure out how to stretch the information out to make it that long. So on the spur of the moment this afternoon, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do a special live episode tonight and uh, see how it goes. And what I'm here to talk to you about tonight is sort of a follow-up to my moon landing conspiracy theory uh, series that I did over the summer. Uh, I have a friend. We actually graduated high school together. He, he works for NASA and I reached out to him earlier this summer when I was doing my Moon Conspiracy series. And he's been traveling a lot for his job. And he's only recently been able to contact me because he's been busy. There's, you probably hear my creepy clock in the background every episode, right? So I had some questions about NASA in the moon that I wanted to ask him. And he agreed to talk to me, but there was a couple of conditions. It was only if the conversation that we had wasn't recorded and only if he remained totally and completely anonymous. So naturally, I agreed to his terms, and man, did he have uh, quite a lot to say, I thought. And that's what I'll be telling you all about tonight in this special episode of Parareality Radio. However... As usual, before I get started, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me here on the show because there are several different ways that you can go about doing this. First of all, you can visit the show website, parareality.com, or you can send me an email, and that's sandman at parareality.com. That email address, once again, is sandman at parareality.com. You can also... Follow the uh, Parareality Radio Facebook page just by looking up Parareality Radio on Facebook and make sure you hit the like button on that. I'm also on Twitter as well. You can follow me there at Parareal Radio is my handle on Twitter. That's Parareal Radio, all one word. And of course, you can always still call the studio line at 615-692-1170. That's Excuse me, that number again is 615-692-1170. You can leave a message on the studio line, 
and uh, I will play that back on the show. Just remember, if you do not want to have your message or comment played back on the show, you need to tell me first off so I don't accidentally play something back that you don't want me to play. Simply by leaving me a message is giving me permission to do with that what I want. And if I want to play it back, I will unless you tell me otherwise. So those are the different ways you can get in contact with me, Sandman, here on the show. Once again, you can visit parareality.com. You can uh, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com. Follow me on Twitter at Radio. Find me on Facebook. That's Parareality Radio on Facebook. Or you can call the show and leave a message on the studio line. That number is 615-692-1170. Leave me a message. And those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality Radio. All right, so I don't have anyone in the chat room, which is not surprising. Wasn't expecting anyone in the chat room. So let me get my notes all put together here so or anything like that. Uh, but we've kind of uh, kept in touch with each other over the years. And um, I uh, reached out to him whenever I was doing my Moon Landing Conspiracy Theories series. That's such a tongue twister. Back in the summer of this year. And I was hoping to get some like juicy uh, information out of him that I could use for my show. And unfortunately he was not able to contact with me, contact me because he's been doing a lot of traveling and just had other things, you know, more important things to do. So he finally got in touch with me and I was able to get him to agree to speak under the condition of, anonymity and kind of off of the record type deal wasn't recorded or anything. So I was sitting there. We were actually, um, uh, we, we, um, gosh, I met this guy in a public place, um, face to face and we were sitting there talking about this stuff, kind of hush hush. And I'm sitting there trying to, to keep all these things in my head because I didn't want to want to write them down because uh, we didn't want to look too, you know, conspicuous. We wanted to kind of be inconspicuous, even though we were kind of in a in a in a public type setting. So I went back home, you know, and immediately made all these little notes. So I got all my notes laid out here in front of me. So anyway, I asked my friend about the NASA space program and about some conspiracy theories concerning the moon. Now, he did not know of any conspiracy theories uh, about the moon, uh, but he did have some interesting information about the current state of the NASA space program. And I wanted to um, let you guys know what he told me. Now, this information that I'm about to reveal to you is not top secret stuff, okay? It's not like this guy uh, is violating any type of laws or uh, 
giving me any information that could get him uh, terminated or that could uh, uh, reveal any secrets or anything like that. Um, but the reason he wanted to remain anonymous is because there is a risk that what he has told me NASA doesn't want made public yet. But all of this either uh, is in the process of being made public or some of it has already been made public or it is in line to be made public, if that makes any sense. So he didn't want to get himself in trouble. Don't think that he would be fired over anything like this, but we didn't want to take that risk, right? So I asked him about the current state of the space program and if there was any truth to the rumors about some of these moon landing conspiracy theories, such as, you know, Nazi bases on the moon or that we faked the moon landings, stuff like that. So here's what my friend said. Number one, there's no Nazis on the moon. Never has been. Nazis never went to the moon. And I think we kind of established that fact in that, that one episode that I talked to you about. And the second question and I was asking him was, did we actually go to the moon and back, or was this whole thing faked? Yes, we definitely went to the moon. We have proof of this. He has seen proof of this. We definitely went to the moon, and nothing was faked. Everything about the moon missions, everything that happened, everything, the Apollo 11 debacle, all of that was true. There was never one thing that was faked when we went as far as the first time that we went to the moon and all the subsequent times after that. So I had heard a rumor that NASA, the reason that it was going to take NASA so long to get back to the moon was because basically we had forgotten how to do it. That NASA did not possess the knowledge that they did back in the 60s and 70s when they were going to moon every other day, that they had lost all of that knowledge. And even though we're, our technology is greater, we did not have the, the, the technology to do it because we, we just didn't know how. And he actually did confirm that, that no, we do not have the know-how to go back to the moon. We do not have the same... Um, get up and go, the, the same people who had that sense of urgency that they did back in the, the 60s whenever they were developing the space program. However, according to my friend, we are scheduled to return to the moon in 2024, which is, uh, he didn't give me an exact date in 2024, but let's just say that's uh, roughly between four and five years from now, right? Um, so we are scheduled to return to the moon in 2024. And yes, it is true. We have forgotten how to do it. We don't know exactly how those guys that did it back in the 60s are doing it because most of them are either dead or retired or whatever. So NASA staff are stripping away parts of the old NASA equipment to see how it was done. They're basically reverse engineering their own technology, which is crazy because you think, oh man, it's 70, 50 years later, you know, 
we we have our our technological advancement has been so great in the last fifty years. We should be able to just basically snap our fingers and go to the moon. For Christ's sakes, we had space shuttles that go up and down all the damn time. Why couldn't we take a space shuttle to the moon? Well, we can't take a space shuttle to the moon because there's nowhere to land it, number one. So anyway, we just have forgotten that we don't know how these guys did it. We've basically forgotten this technology. So they're stripping away parts of the old NASA equipment to try to figure out, to reverse engineer this, to try to figure out how was it done. NASA invested $1 million on new parachutes for the lunar module when it comes back down to Earth. $1 million they invested in this to try to to have new technology. Better stuff for the, the parachutes. So what happened was, after they spent their million and had these parachutes all made up, they took a mock-up lunar module, shot it up way up in the air, and let it come back down using these parachutes. And this was somewhere in the desert at an undisclosed location that he did not tell me where it was. And basically, the $1 million parachutes ripped to shreds on the way down And the fake lunar module implanted itself so deep into the desert that they had to basically dig it out. So what did they do? They went back and found the original parachutes that were used, hooked those up to the thing, shot it up in the air, let it come back down, and the parachutes worked 100% perfectly. So you know what they're going to use on the return to the moon when they come back? The old parachutes, the old technology from the 60s is still far superior than what we are using today, which is freaking amazing. Another thing that he revealed to me, now you'll probably hear my, uh, I'm coming to you from my, uh, I'm not in the Parareality Radio Studios this evening. I am uh, in my dining room. You probably hear my beloved dog taking a drink. Hello, Mary Jane. That's her name. So anyway, where was I? So uh, the new rocket that they are constructing to return us to the moon is a um, huge, huge deal. It uh, has 10 times more power than the, uh, well, the Saturn V rocket that they used in the original space program. It has a uh, has rocket boosters. It has fuel tanks, and on top of that, it has a storage compartment that's so large that you can fit three regular long-sized school buses in it for equipment to take up to the moon. Now, why do you need to have a compartment on this rocket? that can hold basically three school buses. Well, that's because there is going to be in these containers, in this this storage container, a three-stage lunar habitat that basically can be put together uh, like Legos. It's a Lego-type building. It can be put together very quickly, and that's why you have all of this 
space in the rocket. So the plan is to not just go to the moon, but we're going to build a habitat station on the moon, a, a lunar base, if you will. Now, I don't know when this is going to happen. Is this going to happen in 2024 or is this going to come later? He was He didn't have that info, so he couldn't tell me. However, I think that the fact that we are going to build a lunar habitat is something that's very significant. And it kind of leads into something I'm going to talk about here in just a little bit. So, big-ass rockets with big fuel tanks, boosters, storage compartment that can fit three school buses in it. And in that is going to be all the stuff that you need to build these lunar habitats. They're basically already kind of assembled. You just kind of stack them together like Legos, like I said, and bam, there you go. Well, what's interesting about this is, yes, we're going to establish a lunar base on this, but we're also in between the Earth and the Moon. NASA is going to build something called a lunar gateway that's actually going to have artificial gravity. It's like something out of uh, an old 60s sci-fi movie or, or like Moonraker from, from James Bond. It's going to somehow spin around so fast that it's going to create some sort of artificial gravity. And the Lunar Gateway is um, what is going to be used for refueling, resupplying, and quite possibly going to be used to launch rockets from either the gateway or the moon to Mars, which is our ultimate goal. Now, he couldn't tell me anything about the Mars project. That's not something he's working on. But the lunar gateway somehow is going to fit into all of this. And one of the things that he mentioned was that sending a rocket to Mars from the Lunar Gateway is much more easier and economical than it would be sending it from the Earth or the Moon because of the gravity. Now, the Moon has something like, what, one-third or one-quarter the gravity that the Earth does, so it's not that it's not as much, right? But there's still gravity there. But the Lunar Module, the gravity is just going to be on the Lunar Gateway itself, not in the area surrounding it, right? So you can basically send a rocket from there to Mars, and it will be easier. So I thought that was very interesting, the fact that there's going to be a lunar gateway. That's what they're calling it. It is a way station between the Earth and the Moon that's going to be staffed with astronauts. And they're going to use it for refueling, resupplying, taking things to and for, to and from the Moon. So I think another thing that... I'm speculating about that he he did not talk we did not talk about this but I think they're never going to go to the moon and not do something to uh make somebody rich somewhere so which that's just my speculation anyway so in closing let's see we've talked about the the rocket by the way not only is the lunar habitat kind of like a Lego thing, a pre-assembled Lego thing. But the rocket is also, he described it as a giant Lego because it has all of these separate areas that fit on top of each other. The boosters 
and then there's the fuel tanks, and then there's the storage compartment. They all kind of fit up on top of each other. So it's it's very interesting the way that 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 go that that goes. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the International Space Station. NASA is no longer involved in the International Space Station. Uh, they're not really doing anything with it. They have to, if they want to go up to it these days, they have to hitch a ride with the Russians. And um, it costs like a million dollars or something like that just to send them up there to it. So NASA is um, no longer involved in the um, International Space Station. As a matter of fact, they are giving it over to universities because basically that's who's doing stuff on it now. They're doing experiments on it now. Everything that's up there is controlled by universities. So they're giving it over to um, the university system here in the States. He didn't say which university was going to be in charge of it or anything like that. He didn't like um, have a... uh, uh, one, like there's not going to be one person that's in control or one university that's in control, but he just said they're giving it over to the universities because basically those are the people who are doing all the experiments and everything on it now. So we're giving it to the universities. And what's going to happen is that how people are going to get up there and back is that uh, private entities are going to be in charge of that, like SpaceX and uh company like uh what's what's the guy's name with uh oh my god i just suddenly drew drew a blank but the virgin atlantic guy and uh tesla and uh all that the the people who who are running the the private space programs their own personal space programs now those are going to be the people who are going to get the college and university students back and forth to the moon could this turn into some sort of commercialized thing for them? Absolutely, it could turn into something commercial for them, and it's probably going to, but I don't know if the main mission for these people will be commercialism to take people up in you know, space tourism, as they call it, or if it's going to be to help the university systems out with all of their you know, experiments and whatnot that's been, that's been going on. So that's basically everything that I was able to glean from this guy. So I'm not revealing, like like I said, top secret information. This is not something that no one's supposed to know about. You know, people aren't going to be assassinated or sued or, or hunted down or anything because I'm revealing this information. This is just information that I thought that was very interesting about the space program that not a lot of people know. So you can say you heard it first here on Parareality Radio. And I want to thank my friend, who shall remain anonymous, for agreeing to uh, meet with me and divulge all of these NASA secrets to me. And I say secrets with uh, air quotes going around because they're not really, really secrets. Like I said, all this information is either already available or it's going to be made available very shortly so this is nothing that's like I said that's that's top secret. It's not groundbreaking news. It's not a, a necessarily a a major scoop. It is a little bit of a scoop because not a lot of people know about this. So um, yeah, this I, I know it seems kind of a letdown, right? But I thought it was very interesting that 
they had all of this stuff that was planned that they haven't yet released a lot of the information. So that's my NASA space program update. That's the current affairs of the, uh, the current state of the NASA space program. So that does it for this very special edition, this very short edition of Parareality Radio. I hope that you got something out of this and enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. If you want to know about the show, you can just simply get online and head on over to parareality.com. That's where you can find out all kinds of information about the show. You can listen to current and past episodes there if you want to. And if you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio forum, which it is free to join. You can also shop in the Parareality Radio store and even watch some show videos and other stuff, some stupid stuff that I have up on YouTube and everything. And also don't forget to uh, follow Parareality Radio on Facebook and make sure you like that Facebook page. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Parareal Radio. post a lot of interesting stuff on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, like uh, upcoming shows, special guests, and interesting articles, and show announcements, and stuff like that. So make sure you follow me on both of those social media platforms to find out everything that's happening in the world of Parareality Radio. Speaking of the show, you can now listen to Parareality Radio on a variety of different streaming platforms. Of course, you can always hear the show right here on Spreaker, but you can also hear it on Facebook, and you can hear it on YouTube. And if you want to stream the show, you can do it from parareality.com or you can stream it on Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, CastBox, iHeartRadio. Still working on the iTunes thing. I've been saying that for months. Hopefully I'll get that straightened out and you'll be able to hear it on iTunes or iPodcast or whatever podcast platform that iTunes is turning into. And uh, if you have a smart speaker, you can enable any of those uh, streaming platforms uh, skills on your smart speaker and just open them up and say, play the Parareality Radio podcast. So, uh, yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So those are all the different ways you can listen to and download the show. Everybody, our next show is going to be available on the regular scheduled show. Friday, October 4th, 2019 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Hope you have a wonderful evening wonderful weekend, and I will see you guys again on Friday, October 4th. Good night, everybody. I'm out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. <laughs>